All right, all right, all right, all right. Jesus is the uh, reason for the season all the time. John chapter 1 and verse 8, or John chapter 3, verse 1 through 8, is, is going to be, uh, we're going to be in John chapter 3, and I'm just going to, I'm going to browse it real quick here, just go skim it real quick. There was a man named Nicodemus, a religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark, one evening, he came to speak to Jesus. He says, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Yeah, I got that. For some reason, my thing's not working up here. Um, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life, so don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The, blend, the wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't uh, tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And so we are going to read John 3.16, but we need to put John 3.16 into context. Nicodemus was a religious man. He was a very smart man. But he came to Jesus in the middle of the night for fear of what people would say or do to him or think about him. So he comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to have salvation? What's the answer here? And Jesus says to him, you're going to have to be born again. Now that seems so weird to us because what does born again mean? We can't be put back into our mother's womb, right? We can't be put back to be uh, born again. But the deal is, is when we are born, we are born in a sinful world, and we are born with a sinful nature. We are not Christians when we are born. Now, the great thing is the grace of God allows for those that are not of age, of the, of the age of accountability, and the age of accountability could be, people don't realize this, but in the Jewish culture, the Jewish culture believes that at but around the age of three to four, you can know right from wrong. You got that? From around three or four, you can know right from wrong. Now, I'm not saying that's the age of accountability. Uh, the age of accountability, maybe it's 12. We, we don't know exactly. But one of the things I would say is we always like to put it in, in a box, and we say, well, oh, that's just kids. That's just kids. That's just... Let me tell you something. When a child says, I want to serve the Lord, we should celebrate that, encourage that, and direct them toward Jesus early on because it's that time of their life that they make those decisions and they stick better than any other time in their life. Okay? So, so whether it's three or four or whether it's 12 doesn't really matter. What matters is that when we know right from wrong that we uh, start to hear about Jesus and know that we need to make a change in our life. And so here Nicodemus says, well, how can I be born again? Since we're born into a, to a, 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 to a, godless, a godless existence, right? Satan doesn't want us to believe in God. He doesn't want us to put our faith in God. He doesn't want us to love God. And when we're born, we're already born into sin. And so to be born again means that the Lord takes that sinful man, 
and he buries it. When we, when we get baptized, that, that is showing that we are burying the old man. It is a sign to everybody else that we're burying the old man and that we're coming up a new person. The baptism itself does not make us a new person. All right? If you go swimming, you don't come out a new person. As a matter of fact, if the water's dirty, you come out a dirty person, you got to go take a shower. Okay? But, the, but baptism, baptism itself is all it really is saying is, I want to show everybody else, I want to say to everybody else that I serve Jesus. See, in other countries, it, it, it can be death. It can mean death that if you, if you say, I want to be baptized. Because when you get baptized, it says, now I'm a Christian, everybody, now you're pegged as a Christian, and if you're a Christian, it could mean death for you. So we take baptism a lot of times here in the U.S., we may take it a little bit lighter. I always think it's exciting. I remember when one of my friends, uh, when her husband got baptized, and I got it on video, and she was crying because it was just this commitment. They had been in church, and they'd been going to church, and, and a He'd grown up Catholic. She'd grown up Lutheran. But when they finally got to that point, and, and she, she just, it was something that was different because it was the commitment and the faith that was being expressed in that moment. And that's the way it should be when we get baptized because we are being born again when we receive Jesus as our Savior. The old has gone, the new has come. He changes us from the inside out. So he says, in verse 16 there, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God sent his son for the world, not just for me and you, but for the world. But the great part is the, is the verse 17 there where it says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Sadly enough, many church folk over the years have been very condemning when Jesus himself didn't come to condemn. That's what I've said before. We're not going to say, oh, you're sinning, it's okay, you can do that. We're not going to do that. But what we don't do is we don't condemn. Jesus didn't come to condemn, he came to save. And likewise, we're supposed to be like Jesus. We're not here to condemn, we're here to lead people to salvation. We're not here to get them saved. That's a term we like to use. Oh, let's get them saved. No, 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 no. Let's lead them to salvation. If we save them, we got to keep them. If God saves them, he's got to keep them. Okay? So we want to lead them to Jesus. We want to lead them to salvation. And so Jesus came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. Then it says, there's no judgment against anyone who believes in him. If you are in Christ Jesus, there is no judgment. You don't, nobody, you know, they were talking about Chloe, Christy was, and some situations she's going through at her job. 14 years old and already dealing with, with uh, some uh, Christian, uh, negative anti-Christian attitudes uh, at work. But the great thing is she, she stood up and asked questions, and she used a tactical approach on, on those. And so she never got herself in a, in a bad situation. But she got herself in the situation anyway. But there's no judgment. 
There's no judgment on you if you're in Christ Jesus. There's no judgment on Chloe if she's in Christ Jesus. She just has to live her life out in in God's glory. He says, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's son, uh, one and only son. This is why I tell people all the time, well, don't judge me. I say, I'm not judging you. It's just what the Bible said. If I tell you that it's a sin to lie, I'm not judging you. I, have, I, I don't even have the power to judge you. Other than in a court of law, maybe I can judge you and put you in prison or condemn you to death that way. But I cannot judge eternal life and where you end up. You can't either. All you can do is lead them where they need to go. Show them Show them the scripture. Let them know, hey, this is what the scripture says. In Chloe's situation, that's what I was talking to her last night. Just lead them to scripture. Keep on putting that pebble in the shoe just so they keep on walking on it. Keeps on bothering them. They go, oh, that, I remember what Chloe said about this. I remember what she said about that. And then verse 19 says, and judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. Do you realize that when you come upon people so much, they love darkness, they don't love light? It's not that you're fighting them. It's not that you're fighting against them. What you've got to understand is that when darkness is inside of us, when evil is inside of us, what happens is we are drawn to those things. Halloween's coming up. People are drawn to evil stuff. They're drawn to negative stuff and negative movies and negative costumes and everything else. Why? Because that is that that draw is constantly out there. That is constantly. But when we don't know God, we are drawn to the to the darkness, not to the light, because our actions are already evil. If we come into the light, it exposes our evilness. It exposes our wickedness when we come into the light. Light, you want to find out, illuminate something. I, you know, the girls, I'll say, clean the kitchen. So they'll go in and the lights are off in the kitchen. They're cleaning the kitchen. It's, you know, we don't have, sometimes it may be cloudy outside or it's later in the day or maybe it's at nighttime and there's a light on in the living room and a light on the dining room. They're cleaning the kitchen. I say, Turn the light on so you can see what's dirty. You know what I'm saying? Turn the light on. We got lights overhead and it's for the kitchen so that you can see if it's dirty. That's what happens when we come in, when darkness comes into the light, when evilness comes into the light, uh, when wickedness comes into the light, what happens is a light, the light exposes that. And enough light, enough light on something dark will destroy all darkness. Do you get that? Enough light will destroy all darkness. And we know that when Jesus comes in, he can destroy all the darkness that is in our life. We do not have to live in bondage and in judgment. It says, all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. That's just, what it, that's just the way it is. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see what they are doing, uh, that, that they are doing what God wants. If you're a Christian, you want to be in the light. I want to be in the light. Oh, you are in the light. I want to shine like a light in the heavens. I don't know. Anyway, forgot that song. I have so many songs in my head, I can't remember them all. What can I say? We want to be the light. We want people to see us 
And here's what I'm going to say. I don't know where anybody's life is with the Lord this morning, but people that I thought might be here this morning are not here, but God had a reason for this. But here's what I want to say to you this morning. If you know Jesus, I want to challenge you. You need to be the brightest light you can be possible, okay? You need the power of God plugged into you to make you shine bright and understand that your reason on this earth, the reason for you to still exist on this earth is to be a light to those who are not. The reason that people go to hell One of the number one reasons is because the Christians aren't being enough light. We have to be light. We have to understand that our purpose here on earth, you know, everybody, what's your purpose? Our purpose is to be the light of Christ to those who are dead and dying, to those who are in darkness, and understand that that darkness can overwhelm and overtake them. Okay? Okay? Now, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be challenged, but I want you to be encouraged. And that's why I got one of the best people to encourage you right here. My Uncle Dale has a testimony, and you're going to get to see it. It's about 13 minutes long, and you may want to get you a couple of Kleenexes, okay? But let me tell you, and he's going to come preach for us soon, I hope. Let me tell you something. This is a man who's had his issues But through all of that, he has been a light. He's one of the brightest lights in Pennsylvania. Okay? Listen to this. Turn it up if we need to.
told you you'd be challenged and you'd be encouraged and uh, bring the lights up if you would in there and challenged and encouraged our number one reason for existence is John 3:16 so that the whole world can be saved Jesus came and he he gave his life and our focus should be that the whole world would be saved we walk out of this place. But I want to hit on what um, my uncle said there. 
that we need to pull people through with us. We've, we've already gotten there. I mean, I'm not saying we've arrived. I'm saying that we, we already know what salvation is if we've given our life to the Lord. And so it's our responsibility to pull people through, bring them through with us. And I know that we have many parents here who have children who are not living for the Lord right now. And I want you to be encouraged. You heard my Uncle Dale. I mean, his kids were away from the Lord and they came back. They, they, were, they came to Christ. And, and God, even when they were strung out on drugs and everything, he made a way where there seems to be no way. It's like I was talking to Chloe last night about her job. I says, you may never see the change in that person's life, but there are two people that I worked with when I, back, when I was in college working at a Raleigh Auto Parts in Greenbrier, Arkansas, up there towards the other side of Conway. And two of those guys today, two of those guys are in church. And one, neither one of them would you have ever thought, oh, they, they're going to end up in church. They're going to end up in church. No, I wouldn't have thought that. But I continued to just be a light in the darkness. Taylor's the one I've told you the story where I said, you know, I'm going to heaven and you're not. And he said, you know, you said I'm going to hell. No, I didn't. But what, I, what, did I, what was I doing? I was just trying to shine the light on what was going on in his life. The other one, Josh, you know, in church, helps out with the media and sound at, at uh, church in Sherwood. Boy, I tell you, this guy was so far from God that, you know, it's like how in the world would he ever get to God? But God makes a way where there seems to be no way. He makes a way. Don't get, don't, don't, don't get worried. Don't get weary in praying and seeking out God for those people that you're around, whether they're an uh, another uh, an employee or somebody that you're working with or a relative of yours, a friend of yours, don't get weary, but instead say, God, I'm going to continue to pray and I'm going to continue to shine the light of Jesus so that they can see it. And I may, ne- I may not see it. Maybe I don't even see it in this lifetime, but I may not even see it while I'm working here or while I'm around them. But at some point, I can believe and I can see. What did I, do? I just gave you four examples of people, my two cousins and two people that I, that, that I worked with, four people I just gave you examples of that came to Christ because the light was continuing to be shown in the darkness and because prayers were going up. And that is what we have got to get in our mind here at Unlimited is that we are a light in the darkness of Maumel. We are a light. You are just an extension of that light. You know, if you look back at this, this thing right here, this thing's really bright, isn't it? It's really bright. If I, if I turned and faced them all out to you, they would be even brighter because they're facing this direction. But notice... There's, you know, probably over 100, 100 lights right here making this bright. You see, when we work at everything together, the light just is brighter. It's just brighter. You see what I'm saying? Because people see 
oh, there's that 15, that 20, that 30 people down there. They see that, and they, and as we're shining our light, and it, you don't have to go out there and say, oh, I'm by, I'm by myself out here. That's what church is about. We're not by ourselves. We're a fellowship of believers, and we know we've got somebody to call. Yeah, we can call Jesus too, right? We can call on him anytime we want, but we've got a friend that we, I'm not trying to take up your weekend. We got some friends that we can call, right? And that we can be a part of that are going to be there for us that love the Lord. And our light together gets brighter. And it's, listen, it's not just about light of what you see, but it's about the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us. Connie's probably the biggest prayer warrior in this, in this state. But you want to know something? She'll call Christy, and she'll call myself, and she'll call her mother, and she'll call her, her daughters and, and her sons and her friends and say, hey, will you pray with this? Pray for me with this, about this. Pray with me about this. Why? Because she knows that the more the better. The more, the more that we get together, the more power we have, the more strength we have. And the Bible says that, that when we take and we come together and we begin to bend together with cords that cannot be broken, the Bible says a cord of one strand is easily broken, but a cord of three strands is harder to break. And we begin to bring all of them together, and they can't, we can't be broken no matter what we go through. We can't be broken. And that's what we're here for. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to shine the light. Our purpose is to bind together with cords that cannot be broken with each other. Our purpose is to make a difference. God will make a difference. The number doesn't matter. The number in the church doesn't matter. It's what Sachs said in our, in our discipleship group. It's what's right in here. What we believe, not in our head, but what we believe in our heart. You can have all the knowledge in the world and still go to hell. But when you have the, when you have the love of God in your heart, connected with that knowledge... We've got eternal life with Jesus. Let's pray. Let's, I don't know where you're at in, in what's going on in your life right now, but if you need, if you need prayer, I, I always want to open these altars, altar area up, this prayer area up. And if you want a specific prayer, please feel free to come down here, okay? God, I just thank you right now. Lord, I thank you for the testimony of my Uncle Dale. I thank you for the testimony of those in this church today. Oh, God, that we would just get a passion and a desire, Lord, that our purpose here on this earth is not for ourselves. It didn't say you loved me so much. You said you loved the world. You, you said that you would have that no one, if you had your way about it, no one would perish. Lord, it's up to us. Christians, we cannot go and hide. We've got to shine. As the, as the kid's song says, I'm not going to hide it under a bushel. And I'm not going to let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. And here's what's really interesting. Lord, we know that you shut all the lights off in a room. And you light a candle. And it's dark. You shut all the lights off. A small candle looks so bright in a dark room. Lord, let us shine. Let us shine. Let us shine. 
Let us shine until Jesus comes back or until you take us home. Let us shine. Let us shine. Thank you, Jesus. Give you glory. Praise God. Praise God. Real quick, what I want to say, I just want to say this on our, when it comes to our worship time, always be free in the spirit to worship as God puts on your heart and understand that our worship sometimes will go longer, sometimes it's shorter, but that's because I am the kind of person, always have been, that I want to let the spirit of God have his way. I don't want to be out of order. But God can do in a person's life in one minute more than I can do in a lifetime. And so I always want to give God that opportunity. And so when, when we're in that worship time, always just say, God, I, what do you need from me? Because I just want to glorify you. I just want to glorify you. And just let God begin to move in your life. Let him just begin to move. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I hope that when you come in here on a Sunday morning that you're so excited to let God just totally take everything off of you. That is the spirit of God working. He can come in and just totally take all the weight of the world off of you. And that's what I want in a church service. Not just to come and say hi to each other, but just have the weight of the world taken off us because the spirit of God is so strong. Okay? Well, praise the Lord. Be blessed. Let the Holy Spirit go with you. Don't forget we have prayer this evening. If you can be here, be here, be square, stick around like a donut, okay?